0: Tanner, got it! Very nice early post up by Adams working inside. Whistle and
1: one. Oh! and T. Berg rocking the rim. What is up, Thunder and NBA fans? Man, I love that that post game intro that our guy Jacob Niffen put together for us. Gets me fired up. I love those. Uh, it's that time of the year again for some, some post-game podcasts. This is my first one of the season, so I'm really excited to bring it to you guys. Um, and this is your guy, Taylor Peterson. In case you didn't recognize, recognize my voice, for those of you who had, haven't listened to this podcast before, The Uncontested is a part of the incredible and rapidly growing Blue Wire Podcast Network. So definitely give them a, a follow-up for all of your sports coverage. They've been doing a great job, uh, particularly on Twitter, uh, for the NFL coverage, uh, NBA coverage, and just about everything in between. It really is incredible. We're really excited to be a part of them. So definitely give them a follow both on uh, Twitter and just visit their site and, and visit all their different podcasts and um, and listen to to catch up on your sports needs because they got you covered. So this post-game podcast is brought to you – Today, by Harry's Razors, uh, one of our great sponsors who have sponsored us from the very beginning. Uh, we're very proud to be sponsored by them. However, I have unfortunate news now. The Thunder fell to 1-3 on the season after facing Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets for the first time this season, which was so weird. It was a very emotional game, as I'm sure all of you listening to this are very well aware. Uh, we faced Russell Westbrook for the first time this season against his new team, and they ended up beating us 116-112. to 112. It really was a pretty close game all the way throughout. Um, The Thunder pretty much maintained control throughout the the entirety of the first half, and the third quarter happens, and they they absolutely collapse while the Rockets kind of found themselves. They found their identity, and uh, they went on a quite the run, which I'll get into here in a second, and they end up controlling the rest of the game. So just some game stats here before we we jump into some highlights of the game and uh, some some themes that I found that I kind of picked out. Um, So, Gallinari. Had another pretty great game. He went had 17 points, five rebounds, three assists. He ended up going six of 17 from the field, which is a uh, pretty pretty good. Um, not his best, obviously. He was only two of seven from the from the three point line today, which obviously isn't ideal. But he got the Thunder off to another hot start to start the game. Um, we talked about this in our our group pod yesterday when we were recapping the Golden State Warriors game. Um, you know, it's great to have Gallo who can just get hot at any time and kind of kickstart the offense. You know, next we have Steven Adams, which I'll get into. He only had six points. He did have 12 rebounds, which is really nice, uh, but he only shot two of seven from the field. He was only two of four from the free throw line. Again, he continues to struggle from the free throw line, which is a, a pretty big deal. And then he also only played 26 minutes uh, due to an injury, which I'll get into here in a little bit. Terrence Ferguson, again, he he went back after a great game uh, last night against the Golden State Warriors. He only, he didn't even score he had two rebounds. He had one assist. Now he did play some decent defense against Harden, um, but nothing to to brag home about like he, he like he did against uh, Steph Curry last night. So next we have Chris Paul. Um, he had fifteen points. He ended up with fifteen points somehow, which kind of seems crazy. He had five rebounds, four assists, but he was only six of fourteen from the field. He was only three of seven from the three point land, and he also had six turnovers, which is not ideal. Um, and the next one I want to bring up here uh, obviously Dennis Schroeder he had 22 points uh, tied Shea for the leading scorer uh, on the team with 22 points five rebounds seven assists he was eight of 13 from the floor four of eight from three-point land he had a great first half he kind of cooled off in the second half Uh, I will credit the Houston defense for some of that but I thought he played another great game overall just like he did against Golden State last night and then uh, the last player I want to bring up here is Nerlens Noel. I think he had a really great game. 15 points, 3 rebounds. He has 5 of 6 from the floor. I really enjoyed what I got to see from Nerlens tonight. So yeah, uh, there's just some quick stats from you guys. Uh, outside of that, Russell Westbrook did not get a triple-double against his last team in the league that he has not triple-doubled against. I just made triple-doubled a, a, triple-doubled a verb. Which is really a credit to West, Russell Westbrook there, um, but Russell ended up with twenty one points, twelve rebounds, and nine assists. He has one assist short of a triple double against the last team in the league who he has not gotten a triple double against. So let's uh, move into a quick recap, really quick, before I jump to some some highlights that I found from this game and some themes. Um, it was a solid first half from OKC. It really was. They led by as many as fifteen points, and from there they they maintained about a ten point lead until halftime a lot of the offense ran through Steven early on, which I love. You know, we talked a lot about that preseason when Steven was playing really well. Um, I really liked what I saw. You know, there's a, a, a position, a possession that stuck out to me specifically where Steven was doubled down low in the post. Um, and he ended up kicking out to Basley for a wide open three. Basley missed the three. homie goes down gets a rebound and gets a put back. And, um, but just that right there is an example of what Steven is able to do. He's able to create offense. You have guys doubling down on a huge uh, athletic strong guy like Steven Adams that leaves open shooters such as Baisley, who showed tonight that he can knock down the open 3 and obviously he will continue to improve with that as he's only a rookie. Uh, but in the first quarter the thunder carried over from the Golden State game. You know, they were red hot. They had 10 assists, 13 on on 13-a 13 baskets, baskets, excuse me. And uh, they were 5 and 9 from 3. And these stats are courtesy of Eric Horn, the new athletic reporter for OKC, so definitely go and subscribe to The Athletic. Um, I love following his stuff. I think he's going to do a great job replacing Brett, who's now in, in L.A. So Houston had only one offensive rebound with four minutes left in the half, and they out-rebounded, uh, the Thunder out-rebounded the Rockets 30-18 to in the first half, which is a theme. And I'll, I'll dive into that here in a little bit. Houston only shot 16% from three. Also, another another theme, um, an example of the strong defense in the first half by the OKC Thunder. Now, I mentioned, <laughs> I keep saying first half, um, and but that led to transition points. The Thunder ran tra- transition in the first half, which is something we haven't seen a lot of, um, something Chris Paul, our lead point guard right now, is not necessarily known for throughout his career. But it worked really well against this team, which is kind of interesting considering Russell Westbrook is the Point guard now for the Houston Rockets and is known for his transition, uh, pushing pushing the pace and uh, and upping the tempo. Uh, but OKC did some of that in the first half, which I really liked. We haven't seen that a lot from them so far this season, and it worked. However, they lost a lot of both of those in the second half. Meanwhile, Houston's defense I really stepped up uh, and they looked really well, and that transitions us into the second half. Thunder were scored thirty nine to eighteen. In the third quarter, uh, there's too much iso ball. I felt like there was a lo- lack of pace. Uh, on the third quarter. Like I mentioned, they weren't pushing the ball like they were in the first, first half, which really ended up hurting them while Houston was, and they were actually knocking down outside shots, which they didn't do in the first half. The Thunder made a comeback in the fourth, and that really consisted of Shea getting the ball down the stretch and driving to the basket. You know, he can't be stopped. When he gets going, it's so fun and exciting to watch. He really can't be stopped. But unfortunately, missed shots and poor defense on the other end of the court led to a Houston win in the second half. So speaking of which, there was a series of plays late where Shea drives down, gets fouled pretty hard uh, under the basket. There's no call. It was pretty obviously a foul to me, I think most everyone who was watching the game, and that led to a Houston transition where Nerland's, uh fouled, I believe, P.J. Tucker, and I th- I really feel like it was a block. There was not a whole lot of contact, and if you're not going to call that on Shea on the other, other end of the floor, you shouldn't be calling that on Nerlens. And I, I realize blaming officiating is weak, and unprofessional. i professional. Actually, tweeted that on the account tonight. But there was a couple times, such as the example I just gave, plus there was two shooter offensive fouls in the second half, and the second one particularly was really weak. Um, and combined with some weak foul calls favoring Harden on the other end, which really made me upset. <laughs> it made it feel like officiating was worth mentioning. Um, you, you, I don't know it was just it's really frustrating you can't blame officiating for a game particularly in a game like this where you have you know some of these negatives which i'll dive into but it was something i wanted to mention so uh thank you for coming to my ted talk thank you for listening um so yeah uh the thunder still are seem to be looking for that player who can kind of c- take control um cp3 seems too old for that while shay he seems capable potentially but he's not quite comfortable doing that yet. He's getting closer and closer. When he when he gets that mentality in his head, you can just see it in his face. He gets that aggressive look, almost a Russell Westbrook look, but it's obviously a very different way, the way he's able to uh, – we talked about this a lot on the podcast, so I won't dive into it, but the way he's able to get through the rim compared to Russ. However, when he, when he gets that look on his face, it's the same look. Um, there's not much stopping him, but he's not quite comfortable being that closer yet, and that makes sense. It's only his second year, and he has veterans like uh, Chris Paul and Gallinari who he's kind of looking up towards right now, and it makes sense why he's not quite comfortable there. But regardless, it seems like the Thunder needs that guy who can just take over when it comes to to times like the fourth quarter tonight against the Houston Rockets. Um, Russ finished one assist shy of a triple-double, which is really interesting, which means he still does not have one against every team um, because the Thunder was the last team he did not have one against because obviously he played for the Oklahoma City Thunder up until this season. Um, the Thunder bench outscored the Rockets bench 52 to 14, which is a huge, huge positive. And the Thunder bench collectively was 19 of 34 from the floor, which is just great. They were 6 of 14 from three. They had nine assists. A lot of that was shooter, which I'm going to dive into here in a little bit. And then obviously Steven Adams seems to seems to be hurt. Um, I'm going to dive dive into that as well. But before I do, I have a word here from our sponsor, as I mentioned earlier, Harry's Razors. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and they offer the lowest of prices. Not to mention, they offer a free trial set using our code before you have to even buy anything, which is pretty incredible. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is the epitome of simple is often best. They offer quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per per blade. Harry's is just super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on on your own personal schedule with or without a prescription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of The Uncontested can redeem their Harry's Trial Set at harrys.com bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your, your skin hydrate, hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. So every theme I came up with for this game seemed to fall into one of two categories, a positive or a negative. So because of that, I am going to obviously break my themes down into positive and negatives. So let's start with the negatives because honestly, I'm a positive person overall, and I like to end on a high note. (laughs) So let's start with the negatives here. Uh, Christopher Paul, he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. Actually, very bad. <laughs> um, all the big media sites looking for retweets and likes. <clears throat> um, Bleacher Report <clears throat> uh, were tweeting about Russ's revenge game, but it's really strange because it's not really a Russ revenge game. If he re- requested the trade, and if it was, if it was time for him, to, if it, if it was a mutual agreement for him to be traded, seems kind of weird that it would be a revenge game because there's no bad blood there. Um, however, if anyone were to have a revenge game, I feel like it would be CP3. Um, but unfortunately, his revenge game did not go quite as Thunder fans might hope for. Uh, he shot 6 of 14, and those stats are actually seem a little better because he shot the ball less in the second half and made uh, made more shots in the second half as well uh, of those shots. He missed both of his only free throws. He had six turnovers, which was very uh, uncharacteristic of him. We're very used to you know the quote-unquote point god. It's not like Chris Paul to have six turnovers. And I... And obviously, I'm one of the biggest Russell Westbrook stands fans. Um, I still have his poster. You know, I'm, I'm always going to be a Russell, Russell Westbrook fan, um, not a, not a Houston Rockets fan. <laughs> but with that being said, it kind of seems like a Thunder tradition now for a point guard to be missing free throws and having an unnecessary amount of turnovers. So, uh, with all that being said, Chris Paul was the second lowest plus minus. He was a four, a minus four. Uh, which is only behind Steven, who was a minus five, and he didn't play much of the second half. Now I realize plus minuses are not always the best indicators um, of a game. However, in this case, I think both Chris Paul and Stevens are are worth throwing out there. You know because they they weren't great. You know, it seemed to me personally that Chris Paul seemed a little too determined to make things happen against his former team. He looked very shook, kind of deer in the headlights look at at times. And made some turnovers and passes we don't usually see from him. That, you know, I've been watching him for a very long time, um, all the way since he was playing in OKC during the hurric- Hurricane Katrina days. You just <laughs> you don't see those kind of things from him. I think a, a good example of that, something I noticed, was him passing the ball down low to Steven, forcing passes down low that weren't really there. But the, uh, with defenders all around Steven, he was forcing passes down low, trying to get the ball down low, which I get, you know, that's the right idea but not when, not when the, the passing lanes aren't there. And they certainly weren't. Um, you know, Chris Paul was certainly forcing things early on. And um, unfortunately, it lets to some turnovers for Chris Paul, and an uncharacteristic amount of turnovers, which leads me to my next point. Steven Adams. I mentioned Chris Paul forcing the ball down to Steven. Steven is a negative, a negative theme, again, for this game, uh, which has kind of been a negative theme for the entire season. If you guys listen to our, our group pod from last night, actually, You guys probably have heard us talk about this, but again, Steven only had six points and 12 rebounds on two of seven uh, shooting from the field and only two of four from the free throw line. He only played 26 minutes, which I'll get into here in a second. Steven just looked weak yet again. You know, it's something us Thunder fans, we for damn sure are not used to seeing. You know, he's filling passes. He's always had great hands. He's always uh, been known for his great hands and catching the ball around the rim. He, he's been fumbling passes all season, and that continued tonight. He's getting blocked down low against inferior defenders, which we aren't used to. He's not going up with confidence. He's not going up strong. Just it, He looks lost, and either he seems hurt or something maybe wrong mentally, like a confidence thing. I really don't know what specifically it is. But it's just, it's really weird, uh, particularly after his strong and, and great preseason. You know, we were really raving about Steven. I predicted him to be an all-star um, during our, our Thunder preseason previews. Obviously, that's not looking super great right now. And I know it's only three games into the season, but um, we have the all-star game in February. My prediction is not looking great. You know, one thing I keep, keep coming back to is just trying to adjust... Playing without Russ, you know, there's a great example that Just and I both found um, from the Golden State Warriors game where Stephen gave up a defensive rebound because he saw Chris Paul right there and just expected his point guard to literally grab the ball and bring it up the floor. Obviously, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook are different players, so Chris Paul did not do that. That led to the Warriors getting the rebound and getting or getting an offensive rebound and getting an, an easy putback. You know, maybe he's trying to adjust playing without Russ, but even then, there's just some uncharacteristic things. I keep saying that word uncharacteristic. Um, but there's some things from Stephen that we just aren't used to seeing, such as him just kind of being uh, undecided and 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 being weak, which we don't associate with Stephen very often. So Eric Horn again, you know, I've been I mentioned Eric Horn earlier in the podcast, but he tweeted out early in the fourth quarter, I believe, that Steven had been going back and forth between the tunnel and the exercise bike during timeouts, and the Thunder staff had been checking on him um, in the tunnel. And then Steven didn't come back in the game at all during the fourth quarter, which was obviously concerning. And per Eric Horn, after the game, he said that the Thunder mentioned it's a left knee contusion for Steven Adams. You know, Adams tried to play through, but Billy Donovan said Adams came to him in the fourth quarter and said he had to take him. And I'm assuming what Eric means by like this is that Billy felt he had to take Steven out of the game. Um, the Thunder will act like an injury happened tonight, and it, it may have. But there's a part of me personally that feels like something has happened to Steven between preseason and his first regular season. Um, that has caused this this weird this weird play by him. And I'm just not convinced that it's a a knee bruise, <laughs> you know, a, a bumped knee that happened today that is the cause of all this. I think there's something else. And I don't know. You know, like I said, he's playing so great in preseason. So it's really weird to to just for him to just all of a sudden not play as well. Trying to adjust to come regular season, maybe that's it. But personally, I feel like there's something more, and I just I really hope that Steven's healthy. Um, free throws was another negative, and you know a common theme for Thunder fans. And stop me if you heard this before, but the Thunder have not been shooting well from the, from the free throw line, even with a brand new team. Essentially, they shot 17 and 24. Which is seventy point eight percent on free throws compared to the Rockets' eighty four point eight percent, and I just I literally have no no explanation, um, but it's worth mentioning. It's definitely worth mentioning. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know what it is, but that's just it's it's, it's ridiculous that this c- continues to be a theme season after season. You know, I mentioned fouls earlier, um, and that obviously relates to free throws. Thunder had twenty seven fouls compared to the Rockets' twenty four, so fairly equal. However. Until you see this stat, courtesy of our own Nick Crane, um, he tweeted out that Thunder shot 24 free throws compared to Harden's 22 free throws. So the majority of the Houston Rockets' free throws came from none other than yours truly, James Harden. And I'm sorry, I hate to be that Thunder fan. I actually still really enjoy watch. I I really enjoy Harden. I think he's an incredible player. Um, I wish there was a way that we could go back and not trade him away. I'll be the first to admit that. But I just that just seems like you know. I, I won't cuss on this, this post-game podcast, but it just doesn't seem right to me, and it's, it's fairly frustrating. Now, I'm going to going to switch gears here to some positives, because there were some positives to take from this game. First of all, the Thunder continued to shoot the ball well, something that Thunder fans have not been accustomed to over the last couple of seasons. Um, they, they shot the ball well, ball well from outside. They shot 41 of 94, which is 43 good for 43.6%, uh, which isn't super great, but was still better uh, than Houston. Uh, who did not shoot super well, they shot 13 of 35 from three, 37.1%, compared to Houston's, way for it, 10 of 44 from three, which is Houston's been known for their run and gun, you know, three-point sh- three shooting. Uh, they shot 10 of 44 compared to the Thunder's 13 of 35. Now, 13 and 35 isn't like stellar by any means, but we'll take it, Particu- particularly for this team. Now, another positive, um, the Thunder out-rebounded Houston 52 to 40. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast when I was talking about the first half for the Thunder. That final number came out to the Thunder out rebounding the Rockets 52 to 40. Thunder had 16 offensive rebounds to the uh, Rockets 9, and they had 36 defensive rebounds to 31 defensive rebounds for the Rockets. Stephen so had 12 rebounds that actually led the team, even in in his limited play. So I'm going to give Steven some credit here. Um, That's great to see and something that we expected from him after Russell Westbrook's trade away um, this offseason. Shea followed up with nine, which is also incredible. You know, uh, us Thunder fans love a point guard who can rebound. Well, Shea ended up having nine rebounds. Noel only had three rebounds as a primary replacement for Steven in the fourth quarter. That's a negative. However, that leads me to my, my next positive. Nerlens Noel 15 points, 3 rebounds. He had 0 blocks, but personally I feel like he should have had like at least 2. They kind of got the the short end of the stick on some some bad calls. Um he also had 2 steals, and personally I loved what I saw from Nerlens. Uh, he was assertive on offense i saw him cutting to the basket you know we saw some plays between him and shooter where uh, he was throwing up some alley oops he posterized capella in the first half you know, just some I, I think it was the first half we might be blending those might have been early in the third regardless uh, i love seeing that you know he's he was setting some solid picks overall um obviously not nearly as good as steven but he, he was setting some okay picks uh, and like I, I mentioned this here a little bit ago but he had a great chemistry tonight with both sga and shooter and with steven struggling it's really good to to see Noel play well and it kind of makes you wonder i tweeted this out but with steven struggling like he has early on and i'm not i'm not recommending or you know yelling to the rooftops to trade steven adams however um, if the thunder were to straight to trade steven and with the whole weird off season um, deal with with noel where he it was reported that he signed with the thunder again but then he didn't and then he did again it just it makes you wonder what made new Orleans decide to sign with the thunder after that first kind of like a uh, little mishap i guess that he had um the first time that it was reported, it, it was reported that he signed and ended up he did not and then he signed again all that's to say i'm not saying that we should go and trade stephen adams but i'm just saying that if that were to happen if that were the direction that pressey decided to go these past two games have kind of shown that maybe maybe new Orleans is ready for that However, that's uh, very much me just kind of jumping to conclusions because we're only four games in now, so uh, I certainly want to see more from Nerlens and kind of want to see more from Steven. Hopefully, he can get healthy. I hope everything's okay with him, but I mentioned Dennis Schroeder here a little bit ago, and that's one more positive that I have here, and although the first two games, I was very upset with how much Dennis played. He was not playing well at all, uh, but these past two games, he's arguably, arguably been our best offensive scorer, and... He's just been on fire. Um, the first half, particularly tonight, he scored 18 points after his big performance last night against the Warriors. You know, I thought he did a really good job looking for teammates again, particularly early on in the first half. You know, he was looking for Nerlens, had a couple alley oops um, that that come to mind. You know, that that were awesome. It's good to see him have chemistry because that's something that us Thunder fans were really kind of looking for um, last season and early on this season as well. The, the, those first couple of games when it didn't seem like it, kind of seemed like they were not quite on the same page and. They seem much better now, which is really nice. However, he cooled off in the second half, and that killed the Thunder, uh, leading me to one final conclusive negative before I give one last overall positive. And my last negative I want to give is this Thunder team just does not have that guy who can just take over. You know, I mentioned this earlier. They they don't have that star. They had Kevin Durant. They had Russ. They had PG. And now CP3 tries, but... It's hit or miss at the stage of his career. It depends on how, he, how he's feeling on the, on the game. A shooter tries, and sometimes he can be that guy if he has a shot going. But let's be honest, he isn't consistent, and he won't ever be that guy to me. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I don't see him being that go-to guy. Shea, I talked about him earlier as well when I, I brought this point earlier in the in the post-game podcast. But you know, he has the potential. He can't be stopped when he's driving to the rim. And we saw him take control tonight in the fourth, but he's young enough. He just doesn't get all-star all calls yet, like Harden did, uh, particularly in the fourth quarter. And he still lacks the superstar mentality um, or the like assertiveness to kind of take games over. He almost feels uncomfortable. Uh, however, that leads me to my last positive. And my last positive, uh, this is kind of a contradictory statement, but that last negative, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because they thunder in the middle of a rebuild. They are still quote-unquote repositioning to quote pressy i assume gallo won't be here post trade deadline as we've talked about in this podcast i assume cp3 won't be here after next summer and i personally don't think that Schroeder will be here post deadline which i hope is why uh billy is showcasing him so much early on this season but that's for another time for another podcast all that to say that we're in good shape as thunder fans Uh, we're in good shape as an organization we're very fortunate so now let's get on to some fun stuff First off here, I have our jersey giveaway. If you guys go to our Twitter account, our Facebook account, our our Facebook page, our Instagram account, you will find a link. If you go with the the image that uh, our own Justin has put together, OKC Tracker, um, it's awesome. Uh, If you follow that link, it'll give you some instructions. If you follow us on Twitter... If you follow us on Instagram, if you follow us on Facebook, and I think there's like one or two other requirements, but you'll be entered into a giveaway for a Swingman jersey of your choice. So you can get that SGA nice statement jersey that debuted on Sunday. Any jersey that you would like, we will get for you guys. We'll do a random drawing from all of you who who make... Meet all the requirements, and we will give away a jersey here on the podcast next Sunday. So be sure to get your submissions submissions in because it's a great opportunity. We're really excited about this. Hoping to get some followers from this, from uh, all of our new social media accounts. So be sure to give us a follow um, so you can be entered for a Swingman jersey of your choice. Also, we have some newer Shea Gilge's Alexander Statement jersey theme shirts. And this is a secret, so don't tell anybody. Uh, but we have some hoodies and tank tops on the way as well so shout out to your friends over at design tree they put together some great great images uh but yeah we have some orange sga shirts on sale right now so be sure to go and to uh check our twitter account and our our facebook page and instagram page all will have those on there so click on that link go and get you guys an sga shirt so now let's finish up with some twitter questions you guys gave me some great twitter questions some great response responses after this game i'm really appreciative of that so i want to make sure to get to as many of you guys as possible. First off we have uh Chincho at CMF official. Is there some superstar player more disgusting and more boring to see than James Harden? Dude is annoying as AF. Um yeah, I've got to be honest with you Chincho. It is tough to watch, particularly when you're the opposing team. I will say I still love James Harden because of his early time uh, contributed in OKC, and he wasn't one that like purposely wanted to leave OKC. So because of that, I still have a little bit of love for him, and I love seeing what he's developed into outside of the whole flops and the whole foul calls that he gets. It's just it's it really is almost hard to watch. Uh, it's obnoxious uh, at a time like a game like tonight where he struggled from outside. You know he has a ridiculous amount of free throws. He it's, it's hard to watch, and I'll just leave it at that because I'm going to try and get to some of these other questions, but I appreciate that question because I, I, I'm i with you there. Uh, Clark Matthews, friend of the pod, at Clark Matthews, asks, is it time to unleash the quote-unquote turd Ferguson nickname? And um, I think we're definitely getting there. However, he's, he's given himself a, a little breathing room with that great game he had against Golden State. Let's give him a couple more games, but yeah, it's, it's not looking great. He did okay against Harden. Like, what are you going to do against Harden? but uh, I actually thought Diallo did better against Harden. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair to give him that nickname here, particularly if he struggles a couple more games. So we had a couple questions about Steven Adams, uh, one from from D, and one from Jason Phillips. That, that was the other one. Um, they were both asked about Adams, and obviously I, I addressed that earlier. Apparently he has a knee contusion um, from tonight, but I, I'm i a little concerned there's something something else there. They both asked, you know, What's going on with Steven Adams? Um, what's up with Steven Adams? I'm a little worried. There's something more than just that knee, but only time will tell. You know, I I literally have no inside information there, so only time will tell. I hope he can get healthy, or can break out of his slump, whatever it may be, because obviously Steven Adams is a huge piece for this team moving forward. Whether that means uh, Presti decides to keep him on the team, or whether he decides to trade him for uh, and use him as a a big big trade asset. So next up we have uh, Melissa's Boo, shout out Melissa's Boo, at W-I-L-M-E-R-B underscore. Um, they asked, loss is still hurt, but I'm not upset. We're, we are rebuilding, right? Because by the way, the Thunder have lost by single digits. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, I think what they're trying to get at here is that while the Thunder have lost, um, they haven't lost by very much. And they've been very competitive against some really good teams. Actually, two championship contenders in the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. And I, I you know I think you're definitely onto something there, uh, Melissa's boo. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I'm absolutely with you. It, it's really promising to see them compete. And that's something we mentioned in our Thunder preseason uh, preview that the Thunder would be competitive. And what that means is that they would compete against these these teams until they d- decide the direction that they want to go as a franchise. So do they want to trade Gallo at the trade deadline? Hopefully. Do they want to trade Shooter? Do they want to trade CP3, etc.? Uh, Let's see. Austin Thompson here asks, uh, not a question, but more of a statement. <laughs> Man, it feels good not having to hold my breath and be disappointed when Russ takes a jumper free throws late in games. Yeah, that's true. I actually tweeted out that um, we should foul Russ because he'll probably miss free throws and he made one of two. So he kind of showed me up, kind of didn't because it still kept us in the game. But yeah, I'm absolutely with you there um rare at rare rotten ratten r-a-t-t-e-n he asked me my thoughts on homie and oh boy you asked the perfect person for this um i'm a huge homie fan i really am i think his defense has taken a huge step this year it's obvious that he really works on that this summer which i'm really proud of to be completely honest with you guys i think he played better defense on harden tonight than ferguson did and that's probably just me being biased but i'm tried not to be biased I truly think that is uh, an honest assessment. However, his outside shooting is horrendous. There's a reason that Ruston didn't guard him in the corner. There's a reason Houston as a whole did not guard him in the corner um, or wherever he was outside of the three-point line because he can't shoot and he can't make it um, unless he gets lucky and hits a shooter's role like he, did, like he did against Golden State. So that's a huge issue and it's really unfortunate because he really has everything. He's kind of put everything else together. Um, his handling uh, has gotten quite a bit you know his hand, handles have gotten tighter they they look quite a bit better compared to last season like i mentioned his defense take, has taken a huge improvement a huge step he's obviously putting on some strength and uh, to combine with his athleticism but his outside shot is just horrendous and so he needs to work on that as well as, it, as well as his court vision so thank you guys again for listening to the contest i believe that brings us to a close here i've been a little long um obviously it was a big game the thunder playing their first game against russell westbrook since he has been traded i wanted to get into as much as i possibly could um but thank you guys for following along thank you guys for all of your your interaction well, while we've been tweeting uh, all of your interactions throughout the offseason Um we're really excited to get started with this season and it's been a great great early start to the season with these first four games so thank you guys again be sure to sign up for a jersey giveaway as i mentioned earlier be sure to get you the sga shirt you can find both of those links on all of our social media platforms please be sure to go and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast check out the blue wire podcast network we're super proud and excited to be affiliated with them um yeah so up next we have the portland trailblazers uh we'll have another post game podcast for you guys so until next time thunder up